I've waited 30 years for this. I still remember my last orders. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Star Wars Junk Podcast, your home for all your Star Wars junk needs. Tonight, we're talking Star Wars Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad by Christy Golden. Check out our sponsor, SkywardFunSupply.com, from Funko Pops to three and three quarter inch figures, all the way to six inch black series. SkywardFunSupply.com, your home for all your Star Wars toy needs. My name is Zach Weber. Tonight, I am joined by me, myself, and I. I decided after reading Inferno Squad the last couple of days that I liked it so much, I figured I'd do a review on it. Considering that none of my co-hosts have read the book, I figured it wouldn't be much of a discussion if it was one guy basically just explaining the plot to a bunch of others. So it's just you and I tonight, folks. Join us as, well, not we, as I discuss these topics. First, let me give everybody a little bit of background on my history with the Star Wars novels in the new canon. I was not that much of a big Star Wars novel reader back before the Disney sale. I never really, I never read the Thrawn trilogy. I actually bought the Thrawn trilogy for the first time the day the Star Wars sale was announced to Disney. And the only really book, novel I read was Shadows of the Empire, which I did in middle school. And I enjoyed that for the most part. I don't remember much from it, but all I basically remember is the ending, the ambiguous ending with Dash Rendar and that Vader kills Prince Shizor. But as a new canon, I have to admit, I am quite enjoying it. I've read the Aftermath trilogy. Well, I read one and three. I listened to part two. I have read Lords of the Sith and Inferno Squad. I think that's it. I have not read any of the other ones. Oh, I did read Catalyst. Can't forget Catalyst. Catalyst probably being the most important Star Wars book if you ever want to enjoy the movie that accompanies it. I have tried to read Tarkin. I got two chapters into Tarkin, and I said, nope. Can't read this anymore. This 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 is awful. I read part of Bloodline. Bloodline kind of lost me after how the first few chapters really didn't go anywhere. I know that book gives a little bit of context as to what goes on pre-Force Awakens. I am a few chapters into Thrawn. I was really excited for Thrawn, but it kind of let me down considering the fact that it's an origin story. I, I, know, I know people like Thrawn. They want to know where he comes from, and I do feel that Thrawn's introduction into the new canon is something that will be referenced in the new films considering the emphasis that's on the unknown regions, especially what they're doing with the uh, uh, the contingency with the Emperor and whatnot. But it really didn't, it didn't thrill me. What happens a lot with Star Wars books is that I read the first couple chapters, and I know it's wrong to do this, though, but it's like, you know what, life's too short for this. There, there's more stuff, that I could, more productive stuff I could be reading. I am going to try to get back to Thrawn, but I feel that it's eventually just going to kind of not let me down though, but it's just it's setting the stage for something much more interesting to come down the line, which I guess a lot of the Star Wars books could be accused of. But no, getting back to the topic at hand of Inferno Squad. When I first heard about this book, I was not excited about it. I when I first saw the cover preview art with the Imperial logo on fire, I'm like, oh no. I'm like, please not another Special Forces book. It's just, ugh, it, it's a topic. I, I know special forces are cool, whether it be in Star Wars or in real life or any other fictional medium. But it's just, they've been done to death, especially how the Death Troopers really didn't do anything in Rogue One. I, it was kind of burnt out on special forces in the Empire. Uh, but I watched, it's like most people, I saw it, they announced the book, and then the fact that the Battlefront 2 video games campaign was going to be based on this. And I was genuinely excited. I'm like, okay, I'm getting into this. And I saw that trailer like everybody else did. I'm like, okay, this looks promising. 
it piqued my interest, which is good. And so as time went on, I'm like, okay, cool. And then I was reading some of the reviews for Inferno Squad because I kind of decided just trying to keep my uh, Force Friday budget under wraps because I really didn't want to spend any more this summer on Star Wars stuff until all the new Force Friday merchandise came out. And that Phasma book has my name written all over it. But after checking out some reviews, mostly Star Wars Explained on YouTube, I figured, okay, I, I, I listened to all the spoilers, so I knew everything I was kind of going into it. And one of the things that intrigued me about this book was that apparently it was not heavy on Star Wars exposition in that it didn't really want to explain where everything was going, in that it was not like it didn't have the burden the Aftermath books had where it's like, okay, we're going to set the stage for what's eventually going to lead to the sequel trilogy. And so, I, again, I didn't want to spend any money on this, but I checked my local library, which I highly advise everybody does because local libraries are cool, and all the, all the books that your tax dollars help buy, so you don't have to buy them yourself. So I was lucky enough to get the first copy of Inferno Squad that my library had. And, okay, I was in like, most Star Wars books. I'm reading the first couple chapters, and I don't want to say Rocky, but it's like any Star Wars book. It's a lot of exposition, just setting the table of what characters you're interacting with. But at least the good one, good thing about this, though, is that thanks to EA, you had a very good idea of who your members of Inferno Squad were. So I enjoyed that part of it, where it's like, okay, we set the table of what what we're what we're getting at, Star Wars wise. And I'm going to get into some of the, the plot spoilers, so don't be. As a Star Wars book, it's not a lot of what you expect. It's, it's very different from the aftermath books. In that there's not a lot of battle going on. There are exciting exciting parts of it. One of the things I really liked about it was that it reminded me of Lost Stars. And Lost Stars is probably my favorite Star Wars book of the new canon. Because it felt like the Star Wars version of Harry Potter. Which is a really weird thing to say when you think of it. But it had that feel of like, oh, we have the Imperial Academy and all this. And kind of showing you everything that goes on through that stage of the Imperial life. Which I feel something that they really have not done thoroughly in the sense of where they could i really think a star wars harry potter series would be something that would that really is untapped potential in the star wars universe and that's one of the things i don't like about lost stars is that the moment the imperial academy stuff stops it kind of just becomes a like, like a, a tour book of the most of the hot star wars highlights and that every single major battle in star wars then becomes a focal point of a plot beat in Lost Stars. But no, Inferno Squad felt like a Star Wars version of Mission Impossible combined with The Hunger Games. I think that's the best way to describe it in that you do have this element of like a team that has to do things. They're unsanctioned and they'll be disavowed if anything happens to them. Plus you have this element where Iden Versio, who I know there's been a lot in the Star Wars community about Iden Versio, about all the effort uh, the actress that portrays her at EA Star Wars is going through. I think it's great. Uh, Character-wise, she kind of reminds me of Katniss Everdeen, which is not a great compliment, I don't think. It's a finely written character. It's more than serviceable for the plot. But that's one of the shortcomings of, I'd say, Inferno Squad, is that not one character really shines, which might be intentional considering the fact that it's a team book. Uh, The team of Inferno Squad is neat. They all have, they're all... It's a four-squad team, and they're all experts in their individual fields. You have Aiden, who's the commander. You have Dell, who's the engineer. You have Aiden's, I guess, childhood friend of Gideon, who I think he's the most unlikable character in the book because he really doesn't do anything, and he really has like an awful moment at the end of the book, which really kind of comes out of left field. And you have Sane. I really not, now I think about it, I don't know what Gideon's 
expertise is. I really don't. Other than just the fact that he's that he's Aiden's friend, childhood friend that also is a Imperial pilot. Like I said, I, 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 there's spoiler stuff I could give away, but just in broad strokes, I'm giving out. So don't get too paranoid. There is something that is a major plot beat that if it's already been spoiled for you, it's a genuine shame that comes toward the last couple chapters. But unless you really are entrenched in the Star Wars characters, in the sense that you know every character inside and out, it's very reminiscent of what they were trying to do with the hype for Rogue One with Saw Gerrera. They, they hype up this one character throughout the entire book with a mysterious identity, and it doesn't really pan out as great as you'd expect. It, it makes sense, but it's not really like, oh man, it's like I can't believe this character. It's fine, nice reveal, but it's nothing to write home about. But no, the reason why I really liked Inferno Squad was that it was not trying to be the greatest Star Wars book ever written. It's it's basically it's a very self-contained story. It's a story that really doesn't even need to be told, but I think that's why it's such a fun story in the fact that it really does it all it flushes out characters, which I think that's one thing these Star Wars films, as time goes on, are heavily relying upon. One of my biggest my only really critique of Rogue One is that unless you read Catalyst, you'd have no idea why who Krennic is. Krennic's probably the worst Star Wars villain there's ever been, unless you've read Catalyst. If you have read that book, he's probably the most tragic hero in Star Wars beyond that of even Anakin Skywalker. There truly is no sadder moment than watching Krennic get destroyed by the Death Star. But that's a topic for another day. Inferno Squad is one of those books where it really is – it flushes out the characters. I imagine how I just said with Krennic in Rogue One, I'm going to be making the same comment when Battlefront 2 is released come November. We're going to be talking about things between Aiden and the rest of Inferno Squad where it's going to be, wow, I don't know how people are going to appreciate this character beat unless they read the book. Which is not, it's by no means a critique of the book. The book, if anything, is propping up the video game. It's, it, like I said, it's just a shame that's what we're coming to in Star Wars now, is that where you need all this ancillary media to flesh out the things that the, I guess, the marquee or the tentpole ventures are unable to or just are not concerned with. I do have a feeling, I have an idea of where the, our character's role in Inferno, not Inferno Squad, in Battlefront 2 is going to be implemented. I, I think once you read this book, you're going to know exactly how your character Battlefront 2 is going to be ingratiated into Inferno Squad. Other than that, I really am much more looking forward to uh, about, keep calling Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad. It's, it, that's how good it is. It's really one of those things where you feel it's promising toward this in the sense that it's definitely adding to it. If anything... I feel this would probably be the most fertile ground for a Star Wars live-action TV series because there's really nothing that they do in this book that could not be done on television. Actually, I'd love it if we got like a Star Wars anthology series where we do different, like, I don't know, one season we do like Inferno Squad, then we do something else. Because you could really, it's like I said, it's very it's reminiscent of Mission Impossible, like a TV series. They're given a task, things kind of don't go their way halfway, two-thirds into the story. They have to kind of dig themselves out of the trouble that the plot has put them in. I think that's probably, I'd love to see that. There's Again, it would be very affordable on network television or even, a, I don't know, again, at this point, Disney has its hand in so many different streaming services and that it could be very well on Netflix or their own streaming service. Other than that, I'm sorry if this comes across a little bit wonky. I'm just kind of, this is very much stream of consciousness, just how I'm thinking about the book. And I just finished it a couple hours ago. But ultimately, I have to say, pick up Inferno, Inferno Squad. You'd be, you'd be pleasantly surprised. It's by, it's definitely one of the better new canon books. It's not 
mired in the imperial procedural things that Tarkin is and Thrawn is. I, that's one thing I've realized in the new Star Wars books is that there seems to be a very clear partition between, uh, I want to say good imperial books and bad ones, but it seems like Thrawn and Tarkin are so much more almost like military novels. I, that's the feel you get from everything's just so steeped in that sort of thing where it's like, okay, everything is very much where our character learns the procedures and this is this. And then we have the books, like I said, with lost stars and this, where it's very much, it's not burdened with that sort of structure and exposition into how like an Imperial life is based. It, it goes kind of full throttle into the meat and potatoes of the story. Ultimately pick it up. I think it's a must before you pick up battlefront two. It's, it's a very quick read. I read it in under two, under two weeks, couple chapters a day. You can kind of pick it up and run away with it. It's by no means something that it's like, Oh God, uh, such a slog, which I can say for a lot of the other Star Wars books. But no, I, I, I have not read the other book that Christy Golden has written in the Star Wars universe, but it's definitely something I could see myself picking up. And I definitely would love to see her, considering the fact that this book ends, uh, this is not a spoiler, is, I, it happens pre-Empire Strikes Back, post-A New Hope. And considering that Battlefront 2 picks up during the Battle of Endor, there's no reason why we can't see these characters pop up again at some point, whether it be Hoth, or doing Lord knows what else in that time frame. Again, I don't keep up with the comics, so who knows? It might even uh, show up then. It, it's it's definitely fun characters. And I'm going to end my review with this. I cannot wait to pick up my Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad figure from GameStop. And considering the fact that each of these team members seems to have their own body build, in the sense that it's not they're all not all just mannequins, I definitely want to see the rest of Inferno Squad in action figure form. Which I think is the highest compliment you can pay any Star Wars medium is hoping the characters get their fair share or their fair representation in the toy medium. So concludes this episode of the Star Wars Junk Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Star Wars Junk and at SW Junk Podcast and at StarWarsJunk.net. As always, please leave us a review on iTunes. Make sure to check out SkywardFunSupply.com for all your toy needs. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter. Join us next week, or until decides to shut us down. Bye-bye, everybody.